0: From the Golden Tower of the Fisher Building in the auto capital of the world, this is the great voice of the Great Lakes, 760 WJR. Welcome
1: to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency with your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Today, we're talking with organizations that are making a big difference, even with the small organizations that they have. Um, Today, we're going to be speaking with Geronimo Lerma III, the Executive Director of Footprints of Michigan, Mary Lynn Foster, the Regional Chief Executive Officer with the American Red Cross, and Lynn Leibach, who is the coordinator for the Michigan with the Quilts of Valor Foundation. We know that small steps save lives and last week we talked about suicide prevention efforts and we look at everything that we do when we connect veterans and their families to resources as saving lives. So we hope that you'll have some uh, great information to share out with your community after hearing this show this week uh, on the Veterans Perspective. So we want you to stick around, take some notes, uh, make sure you uh, listen to the podcast if you missed anything and we'll see you after the commercial break. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. I'm your host, sonetta Adams, Director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. You know, um, when I first started in this position back in 2019, uh, one of the first videos I did talked about how small steps can save lives and we know that there are organizations out there that are serving veterans uh, far and wide across the country and especially across the state some of them are are huge and well known like the american red cross and some of them you know are smaller organizations like the quilts of valor and so um we we want to make sure that uh we want to make sure that uh all veterans um, have access to all of the organizations and opportunities that are out there. And so um, we, we we are excited to be able to highlight some of those. Um, you know, first off, I want to remind everybody that um, we do have an about section on our website, where you can actually scroll down to our veterans perspective link and uh, Put in your interest for being on the show or for ideas that you may have for discussion topics. That's how we come up with some of these things. So um, we want you to be involved. We want you to be a part of what we're doing, because this is your perspective. So make sure you're reaching out to us. But, um, you know, as we're talking about um, activities and events and making sure you're sharing ideas, I want to let you all know about something that's coming up uh, next week, actually. Um, And it's the task force tribute, which is going to be presented by the Michigan National Guard. They're launching a veteran-inspired journey of remembrance, honoring the 7,074 service members who gave their lives during combat operations since 9-11. Task Force Tributes started uh, a year prior with a small group of individuals who wanted to make a difference, and it grew to a large uh, group of individuals. This year, they're going to be traveling all over the country, starting in Michigan, Lansing, Michigan, actually, on their journey. One mile will be traveled for each service member lost. And again, it begins in Lansing at the Capitol and ends in Washington, D.C. on September 11th. The public is encouraged to come out and celebrate um, this remembrance, really, and then also to help uh, send off these uh, group of folks who will be traveling across the country. Um, There will be resources and and things out there as well. There will be a display from 9 to uh, 1 p.m., and the tribute will begin from 1 to 2.30 p.m. Uh, Again, um, this is a joint service team effort. You know, we have organizations and and National Guard members and and, and veterans affairs across the country that will be meeting and greeting these individuals as they come into town to make sure that we um, pay homage and remembrance to those individuals, some of which you may have known when you served. Um, You know, a living monument represents a new paradigm in how we memorialize the past and you know, traditionally we have memorialized history with monolithic rigid objects, and this one's a living memorial. And so this is something that, um, is, is, is reverent. It's something that, um, is history making, but it's also something that will, um, give you an opportunity to, uh, say thank you to those who gave all for our country, but also give you an opportunity to, uh, uh, to, to to send off uh, these individuals and to remember their sacrifice as we continue to to, to move forward in a world where unfortunately uh, there is civil unrest around the world. And so we don't we don't want to forget about our past so that we don't repeat it. Um, you know as we're speaking about um, uh, remembering those who gave all, you know one of the organizations that, I know has done so much in this country for uh individuals but also for veterans is the american red cross i remember when i was um i I was actually uh, mobilized to go to iraq i had um my first back surgery after being injured and then subsequently i ended up getting um, pneumonia and ended up back in the hospital and uh i was in the hospital for about 11 days I, i believe it was about 11 days and I remember uh, my husband and I, we were, we were broke. We had three kids at home at the time. And um, me having to, to be on oxygen and, 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 and be in ICU was scary. And my husband didn't know how he was going to get from Illinois to Georgia. And so the American Red Cross stepped in and helped him to, to get there. So they've, they've done a number of things. They show up for disasters, big and small. And I wanted to make sure I emphasize that small, because when I think small, I think of one individual but it made a huge impact on my life of being able to have him there in my time of need. Um, But they also have a mission of serving in disasters that affect hundreds of thousands of individuals like they're, they're doing right now in Kentucky. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to be able to have them on the show as well. And also pleased to be able to speak with uh, Quilts of honor, as we're talking about honoring those who gave all or who served and sacrificed. So we have a great show for you today. We have great information and we're, we're looking so forward to, making sure that we are um, providing you with the best information out there and the most resources. So, um, you know, remember that, um, you can lean on us for all of this information. If you don't have an opportunity to write down any of the things that you hear today, um, make sure that you listen to the podcast that will be available a few days after this show airs. And then you can gather that information as well, wherever you find a podcast. Um, Remember, always, you can call us at one 800 nishfet That's 1-800-642-4838. And then if you're struggling or you're dealing with crisis, you can call 988-PRESS-1. That's the new suicide prevention number. And if you're a spouse or a dependent and you're struggling, you can call 988 as well because that's a crisis line for you, too. So um, we, we are excited to have a show for you today that's going to be impactful and give you additional resources to help those around you as well as yourself so we encourage you to stick around. Don't change that dial, because we'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Joining me as our first guest today is Geronimo Lerma, who has been actively volunteering in the homeless community for over eight years now. He started the nonprofit organization Footprints of Michigan in 2014 to assist those in need with a footwear. Born and raised in Lansing, Michigan, he has been he has taken a dream and made it a reality. When the organization was awarded with the 2021 Greater Lansing Nonprofit of the Year in only a short time. So, welcome to the show, Geronimo.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Um, so, you know, we're talking about, you know, organizations that maybe have a, maybe they have a small footprint, but uh, make a big impact on veterans. And so I'd love to hear more about, you know, what this organization is and what you do.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, we, we seen the need was out there with footwear. So we traveled the whole state, um, you know, we provide footwear to those in need, but we've seen uh, a lot of our veterans that were homeless or in need um, with no footwear. Uh, you know just the act of the military boots the the worn down shoes so we came up with a program called souls for vets um, giving back to the veterans in need um, brand new so they get brand new socks brand new shoes whatever we have brand new at the time that we give to them Um, so we travel the state we hit all the stand downs in michigan and we just provide um, veterans with brand new to give them back a little bit of comfort and dignity as a small token of appreciation for their service
1: Okay, and so you you said you you were seeing veterans um, without footwear, like so. What what were you doing at that time that that inspired you to do that? I mean, wh- were you just volunteering in veterans spaces, or you just kind of? I mean, how did you how did you how did you um, how did you come to see these veterans in need?
0: Um, well, we did a lot of uh, street outreach work. We do a lot of street outreach. Um, Grand Rapids, Detroit, um, you know. In between and we we noticed that they're you know talking with the people that there are you know a lot of veterans that are out there um that are struggling that are you know that that don't have the proper footwear don't have housing um let alone like the footwear so you know that's where we came up with the idea you know um it shouldn't be happening here in this country you know they serve our country and they shouldn't be homeless let alone shoeless so you know we came up with that program and it's taken off tremendously
1: Now, you know, I mean, of all the people, why veterans? I mean, I know you're probably running into all kind of folks out there who maybe need footwear as well. Um, You know, you know, why veterans?
0: Um, I think because... I have a, it's close to my heart. My uncle, all of my uncles were in the, in the service. And my one uncle was the 20 years in the army. And, you know, it's just um, the dedication you have for this country, whether it's a man or a woman, you know, they, they dedicate their life to this country and, you know, they shouldn't have to be suffering. They shouldn't have to be, you know, uh, shoeless and then homeless. And, you know, just, we should be providing for them at all, at all costs.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I don't think people realize um, it's one of those things that you don't realize it until you have an issue with it or you, you, you struggle with it, that how, how important it is to have a uh, proper foot care, mm-hmm. which starts with proper footwear, right. Yeah, exactly. um, and um, how that can impact the entire whole body, but also the 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 psyche of a person and so what are some of the results that you've seen after giving these veterans shoes and socks and
0: i, I mean a lot of it is is they're in disbelief they said well what do we owe you you know well, how much are they you know and, and we don't like i said they're all brand new shoes we had a, a contribution uh last year with uh it was the operation gratitude out of california and we ended up getting 5,500 pairs of running shoes so we've been using those right now to give to the veterans. Um, we're trying to connect with some other major companies to get build up for next year and the following years to keep this going. Um, but, you know, it's just the smile and the joy in their face. And it's it's surprisingly what one pair of shoes can do to a person, whether they're a veteran or whether, you know, they're just on the street, you know, just that smile, they get back and they feel good about themselves just with, you know, just one simple pair of shoes.
1: Hmm. Um. Can you say how many pairs of, or do you know how many pairs of shoes you've given out since 2014?
0: Um, I know actually last year we do our year count. Last year was a little over 14,000 pairs just in the wow. one year. Um, COVID stuck us, so I think we're underneath that. But, you know, for the most part, um, we just get the shoes and we distribute them out. A lot of them we get donated through uh, just people, just regular people have it, you know, and you're, you have extra pair in your closet. Um, but like I said, the veterans get brand new. Um, regardless of, of what the situation is, we, we find a way to get them brand new uh, footwear.
1: You know, that's fourteen thousand pairs of shoes. That means yeah. there were f- at least fourteen thousand people who needed footwear. That's
0: yeah, it's that's it's,
1: astounding.
0: Yeah, like I said, anywhere you go, whether it's a man, a woman, a child, um, it's 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 sad because you know the the footwear is one of the last things people think of getting. You know, you get your housing, your 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 roof over your head, your food. But the footwear is like one of the last, and it should be one of the first because it's you know it holds your your whole strength. Mm-hmm. It's your core, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things you mentioned, you talked about the homeless population and that you work with that population, and that's uh, part of the way how you how you got into this work. Um, what are you seeing right now um, as far as availability of housing for homeless, maybe homeless veterans or homeless individuals in general, and um, what 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 can be done to assist?
0: um it's a lot of right now there's a lot of bureaucracy going on um with the whole situation i don't try to get i try to assist i don't like really try to get involved with but i we we know a lot of people and a lot of uh, uh referrals to send them to the right people to get housing um but like i said there it's it's the way the economy is right now there's so many people hurting that you don't even think about you know just sleeping in their car sleeping on a couch in a friend's house, you know, Mm -hmm. um, technically they're homeless, you know, and, and it's getting a lot worse, but, um, like I said, you, you really don't see it unless you, you visualize, you actually are there and you see it firsthand,
1: you know, what's so I, you know, here's a question I have for you and maybe you can answer it. You know, one of the things I've heard in the community and I've actually heard from some veterans is that they don't, there are some, some that are actually out on the street now that, um, they don't want to be, they want to have shelter,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but they don't want to have permanent housing mm-hmm. because of the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen that? And then, you know, how, how, are, what are your recommendations on how to maybe, is that a mental health issue? Is it just because they don't have resources and training for, if, if you have seen that for, for mm-hmm. financial security, like what, have you seen that? And then what are you all doing to combat that That ideology.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's definitely out there. And it's a mix between, like you said, it's it's mental health. It's a lot of, you know, the financial stability. They don't know how. Um, I think if there was more guidance to not just put them in housing and say, here you go, here's your apartment, here's your house, but to guide them along the way financially, show them how to, you know, budget their money, how to, you know, pay the bills, how to, you know, get to that point. Um, I think it'd be a lot better, but yeah, I've seen it before where we've seen people get housed and then months later, they're back on the street and then some that they can't even, you know, they're not used to being in a house because they're used to being free out in the street. So it's, it's kind of difficult, but a lot of it plays with the mental, the mental aspect too. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask you that about that, that last piece you said about those who, you know, you know, you get some folks in a mindset, they've been homeless for so long that that's all they know. And so they don't want to be, quote unquote, stuck somewhere. Yeah. And so so I, I guess what I'm hearing is, is that we need to make sure that in combination with housing, when we talk about social determinants of health, maybe. And that's that that, that clinical term. But, you know, uh, that we need to make sure that we're giving those wraparound services of the mental health um, And and so that's for those folks out there, um, you know, that's what those vet centers are for. That's what a lot of those things, even if they don't qualify for VA healthcare, they could qualify for a vet center to get that mental health assistance. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is definitely has been a great discussion. And um, how can people assist or support what you're doing and find out more information?
0: Um, You can go to our website. It's uh, footprintsofmichigan.org um and we have a lot of information there we're also uh, revamping it so we're getting a we have a new website builder so they haven't put the new website up yet but it's still being updated slowly um but a lot of the information's on there and how they can uh, help out volunteer you know um like i said just it, it all makes a difference whether you donate shoes whether you donate financially, or even if you just spread the word um you know it helps out tremendously and and like i said right now we're we're a small um uh, On a small budget, uh, nonprofit. But like I said, we're doing big things and we make it work, you know, whatever we we can find a way, we'll make it work. Um, We survived through COVID and that was one of the hardest things is, you know, a lot of the organizations that we know that really suffered um, and we were out there in the middle of it. Like, um, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, uh, I caught COVID last year. And, and honestly, I'm on uh, dialysis now three times a week. So I do the dialysis three times a week and I still do the footprints, but you know, it's the love and the passion I have for it, you know, and for helping people. And there's no greater feeling than that.
1: Well, listen, Geronimo, I thank you for joining us today. And for those out there, listen, go reach out to footprintsofmichigan.org. Um, you know, maybe you can do a shoe drive to help out with what they're doing. You can do a a, a a can drive to collect some money, whatever you need to do so we can make sure we're putting shoes on on veterans and those that are homeless. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now, your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. I'm Zanetta Adams, your host, the director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. And here with me is Lynn Liebeck who is the Michigan State Coordinator for Quilts of Valor. In her previous life, she was a certified registered nurse, anesthetist, and faculty at University of michigan Flint as director of the Nursing Anesthesia Program. She considers it her honor and pleasure to make long arm and award quilts to veterans. Thank you for joining the show, Lynn.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So um, we're talking about um, organizations that maybe small bird are making a huge impact in the veteran community today and um, so I'd love to hear more about you know what is Quilts of Valor? Well
2: Quilts of Valor was founded by an army mom by the name of Catherine Roberts in 2003. When her son Nate was deployed to Iraq she like many army moms before her felt she needed to do something So she and a small group of ladies got together and decided that they would make quilts because quilts bring healing and comfort. And to date, over 318,000 quilts have been awarded by over 10,000 registered volunteers across the United States. And they've also formed Quilts of Valor Canada and Quilts of Valor Australia to bring healing and comfort to veterans one vet at a time.
1: 318,000 quilts. Wow.
2: Well, that... you give you give quilters a good
1: reason to go buy fabric, and we are all over it. <laughs> well, that's amazing. And so, you know, how old is the, if you know, how old is the Michigan chapter?
2: Um, actually, Michigan quilters um, had started in uh, Quilts of Valor, I think, very early. Um, I know I've been doing it for over 15 years. So, we're coming up on 20 years, and I think we're going to be over, probably pushing 340,000 quilts by the end of the year.
1: Wow, wow, wow. So, you know, you you talked about being awarded a quilt. What, you know, how do you receive an award, or how are you eligible to receive a quilt of valor?
2: Well, um, quilts of valor are awarded to uh, living vets. There are other organizations that award to posthumously to other families. But you must have had either a honorable discharge, medical discharge, or general discharge. And you must have served, obviously. So people can nominate veterans and people, veterans can nominate themselves as well by going to the website qovf.org which obviously stands for Quilts of Valor Foundation, click on the awards and nomination tab, complete the forms uh, under awards or nominations. The nomination then goes to the state coordinator of the state where the veteran lives and um, the, the state coordinator then is responsible for contacting either a group in the area or getting in touch with the family themselves to set up an award.
1: Okay, so that's um, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's that sounds like it definitely is a big deal. And um, you know, I I find it interesting. You know, we're talking about you know quilts and how 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 they bring that that comfort. Um, when I was uh, working uh, with uh, my women veterans organization a few years back, before I took on this role, um, I did a military sexual trauma retreat, and we had someone that donated. Now they weren't uh, they weren't awarded in the way that um, Quilts of Valor does it, but they donated these uh, these quilts. To these uh, women veterans, and just to see the look on their face and how they wrap themselves in these quilts, and it just is almost like a security blanket, um, was just it was phenomenal. So I can only imagine, you know, the next level of being awarded a quilt, what that does for a veteran. What are some of the what are some of the things that you've seen or the the reactions that you've seen when these quilts are awarded? Well, reactions pretty much run
2: the gauntlet, as you can imagine. There are some that are very grateful and happy. And you speak about the feelings of being wrapped in a quilt. Well, part of a Quilt of Valor award is to wrap the veteran in their quilt and with their permission, give them a big hug and thank them for their service. Uh, You have veterans, I mean, I have had the uh, distinguished honor of being one of those people who can make grown men cry on multiple occasions. Uh, You also often have those veterans who say, others deserved it more than I did. And to them I say, but you signed your name to that blank check that said you would pay to the United States up to and including your life, you deserve the quilt. So I encourage all veterans and those who know veterans uh, to consider nominating them for a quilt of valor, and I want to make it clear that these quilts of valor are made by over 10,000 registered volunteers across the United States. They are at no cost to the veteran. This is simply a way of saying thank you from a grateful nation to those who've served.
1: Yeah, that's, that's excellent, and I, you know, I love the fact that, you know, sometimes I think we think, well, you know, that's for that's for older veterans or that's, that's not for me. Or uh, as you mentioned, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have enough of a veteran status to even qualify for some, something. So I, I love, um, you know, how you talked about the blank check and, uh, there's so many women and so many veterans out there, so many national guard members, reservists that don't feel as though their service mattered enough. And I, you know, I often tell them like, look, you know, the bottom line is, is, is what you said really, is that you went where you were told to go. So if you didn't serve in combat, you you went where you were where you were where you were assigned. Like you did your job, um, you were there, you were support, you um you were willing to give your life. You know you didn't have to, but you were willing to do that, and so you should feel proud about your service. And so I I hear that often throughout the state, unfortunately. And so I encourage anyone out there that's listening to to nominate. A veteran nominate that family member to receive this quilt of honor, and it may seem like something like, well, it's 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 a quilt, but what it does uh, for recognition of that not only that veteran status, but of that service, and to know that someone took the care and every and every stitch to make that for that veteran, that's huge. And so, um, really appreciative of what you all are doing. Um, how can you know let's just say there are folks out there who want to quilt or they want to support how can people do that
2: well they can certainly go to the website again that was qovf.org and they can find on the website if there are quilt of valor groups in their area if there aren't they can certainly even join as an individual we have people of all abilities Um, Some, I have several that all they wanna do is make quilt tops. So they send me quilt tops and I put them together with batting and backing and long arm them and award them. we have some that all they wanna do is make blocks and those blocks are then put together and made into quilt tops. So there's something for everyone to do. And certainly by all means, They're more than welcome to get in touch with me at Lynn L Y N N dot Lebeck L E B E C K uh, at qovf dot org via email, and I'll be more than happy to put them in touch with someone in their area or um, you know set up something where they can contribute because it's such a worthwhile cause. It brings Those who award and make quilts, such great joy and honor and pleasure uh, to be able to say thank you for your service. And for many, including most of those in our Vietnam era, welcome home.
1: Welcome home. Yep, that is so important and that's so critical. Lynn, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about this really important work and the, 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 the small steps that you're making to make a huge impact. So thanks so much for joining us today, Lynn. Thank you for having me. Take care. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective with our final guest. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Joining me as our final guest today is Mary Lynn Foster, the Regional Chief Executive Officer for the American Red Cross Michigan region. Mary Lynn joined the Red Cross in December 2016 and has led the services of the Red Cross in Michigan since the summer of 2019. The Red Cross is headquartered in Detroit and has chapters in Flint, Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, Lansing, and Traverse City. Welcome to the show, Marilyn.
3: Thank you, Director Adams. It's our honor and pleasure.
1: You know, we're so excited to have you on and, you know, we're talking about, you know, these small steps that have huge impacts on veterans and, you know, I know that uh, American Red Cross is a huge organization I'm very familiar with, you know, uh, some of the volunteer work that you do I know that my mom used to volunteer for American Red Cross and so, uh, so glad to have you here today. Um, Can you tell us a little bit um, about, you know, for those who may not know some of the things that you do, uh, some of the things that you do, maybe in the state and even abroad?
3: Absolutely. Well, first of all, it just warms my heart to know that your mother was a volunteer. That's just lovely. So um, we really appreciate that. But, uh, you know, the mission of the American Red Cross is to prevent and alleviate human suffering, and uh, we do that in a number of ways through disaster relief and certainly serving our service-armed forces and our veteran, veterans and veteran families.
1: Absolutely. So, so you all are, I know we hear about the our Red Cross when we're going to, we you know we talk about hurricanes and tornadoes and flooding. Um, we, we hear about the Red Cross, but you know, there are some things that we don't hear about on um, the Red Cross that you guys are doing some other amazing work. Um, uh, so can you talk a little bit about some of those, maybe some of those programs we don't know about? that we Absolutely. probably should know yeah.
3: about. <laughs> Certainly would be uh, pleased to. So really the Red Cross has supported the military since our founding. Uh, Claire Barton founded the American Red Cross over 140 years ago. And it really, our history is steeped in serving the military. She saw what was happening in Europe and uh, brought it to the United States in 1881. And uh, you know, today we continue to serve our military community. Uh, and often we are the first face when uh, after military members uh, take their oath of enlistment and often the last face that they see before they leave in deployment, uh, but we are always here for them and uh, for their families um, along their journey. And uh, certainly when they come back and uh, often if there are uh, emergencies that they encounter during their enlistment, uh, the Red Cross is there with that emergency communication Uh, For example, we can assist through military aid societies in bringing them back to the States, Uh, maybe due to a birth of a a newborn child of theirs. Uh, It may be due to another emergency, a health concern, Uh, but the Red Cross is there 24-7, 365 days a year uh, for our military members and their families, just as an example.
1: Well, you know, that's great information. I will say, you know, when I took my oath, I can't remember everybody who was there. I'm going to be honest. I I was so nervous. I think I just remember making the oath. And then after that, it was all a blur. (laughs) But I do remember um, the Red Cross um, assisting and bringing my husband to uh, Georgia when I I had a medical emergency. I was in the hospital for about um, almost two weeks uh, after having had a back surgery from an injury in the military. And uh, I remember them bringing my husband out to me. And I, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, I was, I was out of it. So I didn't know that that was happening, but I know he told me that the American Red Cross helped to bring him there and put him, uh, put him up in lodging so that he can be there with me. So appreciate you all for all that you're doing and all that you have done and what you do for the military as well. Um, and so I, it, you know, one of the things that, um, came up as well as we're talking about, um, serving a, a community was that you, you give out fire alarms. We do. Can you talk about that?
3: Absolutely, we, uh, we call it the Sound the Alarm campaign, uh, but it's really a home fire campaign throughout the year. And in May, we really zero in and on our national level, Sound the Alarm. And uh, we are offering and provide and install free smoke alarms uh, to anyone who needs them free of charge. Uh, so we do that, we target more vulnerable communities And certainly we install them in our veteran family homes as well. And uh, we are just uh, blitzing the neighbors, our neighbors and and knocking on doors and asking if they have working smoke alarms in their homes uh, because we know that home fires uh, claim seven lives every single day in the United States. And we are here to uh, curb that. And uh, since the program started for the American Red Cross uh, a few years ago, uh, gosh, we have um, saved over 1400 lives through verification of these free smoke alarms that we install. It's important that we all have them and it's important that we test them and we make sure that uh, the batteries are working in them as well. So it's uh, a service that the American Red Cross provides here in Michigan and across the nation Um, If you, if listeners uh, need a smoke alarm, they can call us. Uh, They can visit our website at redcross.org and uh, request an appointment as well. But it really makes a huge difference in saving lives.
1: Yeah, that's huge. I mean, I know, I know some, um, I know some veterans personally who lost their homes to fires and, you know, they they were barely made it out. I think it was neighbors that assisted in getting them out. And so I don't know what their smoke alarm situation was, but you know, this, this is, this is something that hits close to home as well. So it's important that you take advantage of that. This is another resource out there that can give you peace of mind. So I definitely want to make sure I connect you with our trust fund uh, director as well, because we, we provide emergency assistance for veterans all the time with, you know, roof repairs and all these other things. And wouldn't it be great to make sure that we're asking them that question? Are you, do you have a fire alarm smoke alarm in your house so um, it would be absolutely
3: I would love to connect on that uh, because uh you know it's just important and, and remembering to turn and test you know to test your alarm uh is important uh it's uh it's so easy to forget about until it really is needed
1: yeah and yeah, uh, when it's beeping, that's that's a sign, right? <laughs> and I, I, I'm laughing because I think probably for many of my recordings last year, there was a beep in the background. <laughs> so I finally changed it, but I probably waited too long to do it. So um, yeah, that's important. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to share about some of the work you were doing in the veteran space?
3: Well, well, first of all, we are always here. Uh, so if there's any veteran or, or, or veteran family member listening, uh, just please let them know. You know. I just want to communicate that we're here. Uh, one thing that we do, a tool that is helpful for veteran families is to download an app if, you, if they have a smartphone. Uh, it's the Hero Care Network. I actually have it on my, my smartphone as well. And it's just another resource to keep families connected uh, because we know it's difficult for families to be separated uh, during their military service. And there are links and uh, resources provided uh, for uh, counseling services. For you know, if, if food is needed or you know, emergency supplies are needed, we can help connect those families with those resources as well. And it's all confidential. Uh, and uh, we're just uh, really here to support every single service member.
1: That that's great. I mean, that's great information. We'll make sure um, that our National Guard and reserve counterparts have that as well. I do want to also uh, say that, you know, the Red Cross has volunteer opportunities as well. I mean, as I mentioned, my mom used to be a volunteer, and I I saw the joy in her face when she was doing that. Um, And so, you know, if if you're looking for purpose, you're looking to give back, you're looking to be connected to that community again. Volunteering with Red Cross is a great way to be able to do that. And so how can volunteers um, get connected to you?
3: The best way for a volunteer to be connected is through our website. And that is www.redcross.org. Uh, it will ask you, uh, you know, and you can follow the, vo- the volunteer link and ask a few questions about what you're really interested in. Uh, maybe it is being a support to our, our veteran staff. Uh, perhaps it's installing alarms. Uh, perhaps it's volunteering at a blood drive. So we really like to pair opportunities with the interests of the uh, person who's volunteering to really target it and then also to provide that training because it's so important that you're trained. Uh, We also respond to home fires here in the Detroit area, across the region and Lansing, throughout the entire state on a nightly basis. So we always need uh, volunteers who are willing to what we call support our disaster action team. And if you're willing to get up at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning and be at the side of someone who is just seeing their home burn and provide resources, a warm hug and a blanket and really find out what their critical needs are, we're doing that every single night.
1: Well, thank you so much, Mary Lynn, for joining us today. That's all the time we have for our show. It went by so quickly, but we thank you for joining us. And for our listeners, we'll see you next week on The Veterans Perspective. Thank you. Leave no one behind. It's our mantra in the military. And if you're a veteran or concerned about a veteran battling emotional, physical, or financial stress due to this pandemic, you're not alone. I'm Zanetta Adams, Director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, and I've been there. I know when you're overwhelmed and struggling, it's hard to ask for help. But Michigan veterans, we've got you. With employment opportunities to connect you with vet-friendly jobs, emergency assistance, including help with utility bills, our Check on My Vet program, and buddy-to-buddy mentorship to deliver real one-on-one support. Vet to vet. Michigan veterans, lean on us. Whatever your branch of service, see how we can be of service to you. Call on us at one 800 mishfet or visit michiganveterans.com to find a veteran service officer to guide you to benefits and resources near you. A message from the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency.